Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> Welcome to the Points in the Paint podcast, sponsored by Stadium. We're Stadium's basketball podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein. I, of course, am Zach Badgerhouse. I am always in the house. What's happening? Zach, not too much, man. We got playoff basketball. I'm it's excited. Here. We've got basketball every single night, playoff basketball every single night. It's getting overwhelming in a good way because you wake up after watching like a full night of NBA basketball playoffs and you're like still kind of like in that mode where you're like, oh, my God, the playoffs are going on. You've got these exciting plays. You're seeing Rudy Gobert screw up your bets like usual. And then you wake up and you're like, all right, it's time to do it all over again tonight. (laughs) Absolutely. High-level basketball is here, people. It's tighter, possession by possession. Every possession matters. They always matter, but they really matter come postseason. It's very exciting. We got round one right here squared away, and so you got to make sure you stay tuned in to Points in the Pain podcast because we're going to be doubling up on the episodes. Oh, yeah, we are. We're going to try to do as many as we can just because the playoffs are, as we said, every day. So we got content. We got things to talk about. We got CP3 and the Suns doing their thing. Your boy Devin Booker making a case for the MVP, even though he's probably not going to win, but he's still making the case for it. He didn't hit his player points uh, prop over, so not very happy with him. I'll be honest with that one. I'll be honest. It was 27 and a half. I should have done it all. See, it was 27 (laughs) and a half. I got him at, uh, he got 23. A little disappointing. Not my MVP. And my MVP would never do that. He would only just get ejected from a game. Okay, okay. Just let me know what your MVP would do. Just let me know. But people. He's out there fighting for his guys. He's mm-hmm. out there fighting for his fighting for good calls. He's not getting any calls, Zach. Man, you should have seen them numbers against Draymond Green. But listen, folks, you got to make sure you subscribe to the Points in the Paint podcast, wherever you get your podcast, right? You know, send that voicemail line. Tell them about the voicemail line, Ben, because we haven't heard we haven't got any callers yet. Yeah, let's let's get that voicemail line back open. It was kind of closed towards the end of the season, but we're opening it back up. Give us a call. Give us a text. 773-273-9088. I will put that number in the description for the podcast, so you'll be able to text and call 24-7. Let us know your playoff opinions. Let us know who you think should be the MVP, because we're always interested to hear what people think about for the MVP race. So our phone lines are open. We got playoffs to talk about, Zach. And, you know, we usually do the one big thing where we each kind of pick a thing from the week that we liked. And this week, we both have the same thing. It's the NBA playoffs is underway. We're excited. We already have some series that are going that it seems like we kind of know who the winner's going to be. But then we also have some series that it's more up in the air. We're not really sure who's going to come out of that one. Look, and what's weird about it? I look at it from the East and the West, Ben. The two and the seven matchups on both ends 
can go either way as far as I'm concerned. You know what I'm saying? We obviously know the Brooklyn Nets and what they got going with KD and Kyrie. And then they got Ben Simmons as reported that he's participating in practice with four on four. So he may return. I still don't know how I feel about that though, being I really don't, but Ramadan Kyrie, that's different. So is that the nickname? Is that the oh, nickname yeah. people are giving him? Ramadan Kyrie? Ramadan Kyrie is different. Let me tell you. I'm talking 73 points the last two games. That game one and in that play-in game, you know what I'm saying? He combined for 72 points. Went off in the fourth quarter in that last game against Boston. But look at Boston. Still find a way to win that game despite having an out-world performance. You know what I'm saying? All-world performance from Kyrie. KD was a little sluggish. Didn't really get it done in TD Garden. But Ramadan Kyrie held it zone, but they came up short because of defensive efforts in the fourth quarter from the Boston Celtics and that hero layup from Jason Tatum. Man, that last defensive possession from the Celtics was unbelievable. Some of the best defense I have seen played this year by really any team. They locked down Harden. They locked down Kevin Durant, forcing him into a bad shot at the end of the shot clock. They didn't allow any ball movement. They didn't allow the Nets to get into their offensive rhythm. Like It was the best defensive stand they could have had in any moment, let alone the moment where they needed the ball back to be able to get the win. Oh, yeah. But, okay, Tatum, great, awesome game winner. Celtics probably should have won that game by a lot more when you look at the turnovers, when you look at how poorly KD played. I'm a little worried for the Celtics, to be honest. If if Kevin Durant has his, you know, 23-point off night where he just – he wasn't hitting mid-range shots, he wasn't hitting the contested threes that he often hits, if the Nets – almost win that game without Kevin Durant at his best. I'm a little worried for the Celtics for the rest of the series, to be quite honest. Well, see, I like the fact that, okay, it feels like even though Boston won a close game, that their backs, even at home, may be against the wall because of what you just said, right? It was a poor performance from Kevin Durant. And so you're going to look to see for him to rebound and, you know what I mean, just go out there and have an all-world performance like his fellow teammate Kyrie in game two. So we're going to look to see what actually happens and transpire in that game. But I think Boston will kind of have their backs against the wall in this game. It, it's, it seems that way. The Nets, this is a series that seems like it's it should go seven. And if Ben Simmons does come back, it makes the Nets a little bit more dangerous. But I, what I don't get, though, Zach, is people saying the Nets get Ben Simmons back and they are automatically a finals contender. This is a team that's going to blow the Celtics out of the water. It's like, has no one been – this guy hasn't played basketball in a there year. There you go. Talk about it. He hasn't played – he hasn't stepped on a professional NBA court in a professional game in over a year. We don't know how he's going to play with the actual pressure of having to play in an NBA game. Playoff. This is a guy – a playoff game, nonetheless. This isn't some mid-February game that he's Thank stepping you. into. This is a playoff game in the middle of a series, game three, game four, game five, whatever he goes into. And people just suddenly expect he's going to be in the normal Ben Simmons, all defensive first team, going for 20 and 10 and 10 every single night. Like I, I, That makes no sense to me. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you because he hasn't played basketball since he played against the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs and the postseason Last year, it was like June. You want to fast forward all the way up until this postseason and you're going to try and play. I just don't think that high level of basketball with the mental health issues he's had, the back issue he has had. 
I don't know if he'll be able to perform at a high level with all that rah-rah going on and that he's going to be going to Boston, right? And we know how their fans are. I just finished watching Winning Time. And let me tell you, Boston fans are different, okay? Boston Celtics fans are quite different. And so I'm not sure if that's going to be a good good idea to put him out there on the floor, Ben. No, and I don't want to, like, disparage mental health issues because those are obviously very important. But we don't know how Ben Simmons is going to react in that scenario. We saw the last time we saw him, he looked like he had the jitters or he looked like he just didn't know how to function on a basketball court with a high pressure, giving up an easy layup for a pass to a teammate. He just looked like he couldn't mentally be in the moment so i don't know what we're going to expect from him i don't know what to expect from him in a situation like this it seems like he's in a better place than he was a year ago physically literally on a different team and mentally but again you're being thrown into the fire in in the middle of an one of the best playoff series this will probably we have seen in maybe the last five years with the way these two teams are fighting it out it's it's weird to think that suddenly the nets just become this juggernaut with the addition of ben simmons immediately and I'll jump on the other side with another player who has received some slander that I'm not too comfortable with. I'm not too comfortable with Carl Anthony Towns and the slander he has received going into the postseason. Now, he responded very well. You know what I mean? He Don't did. get me wrong. Carl Anthony he Towns yelled it definitely, he definitely did on Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was showing, you know, Katie, a K, Carl Anthony Towns was showing out, man. If you ask me, 29 points, you know what I mean? 13 rebounds. I'm saying he's playing very aggressive. Only took five threes, which I think is, is the amount of threes with his shooting ability he should be taking in a game is no more than four or five. Because at the end of the day, you still seven feet and you still have the ability to, to go yeah. down low and be a force, which I believe he will be looking to do going into the next game. Because I think the next game will be a lot tighter than a lot of people think. A lot of people think it's going to be a lot of up and down basketball. But I think, and this may sound strange, you let me know what you think. But in order to me, if Myth is going to win this series, and I know they're a high flying up and down team, but I think that kind of plays in favor of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I feel like if you you have to force the Minnesota Timberwolves to play defense, slow them down because they're going to look to do the same thing, get up and down. We saw the score last game. It was 130 to 117. That's a lot of points. I feel like if you make it congested and you slow it down, if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, it'll be in favor of them as opposed to the Timberwolves. What you think? Yeah, I, I would 100% agree. I mean, this is a Timberwolves team, too. This is this is the peak of their season. They're playing the best basketball that we have seen them play mm-hmm. all season long, and it's because of Carl Anthony Towns, but it's a lot because of Anthony Edwards. There the guy go. is, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what he ate. I don't know what, what transformation he has made in the playoffs, but that guy can play basketball, and that guy is one of the more exciting players that we have seen. And people knew him from being able to block shots or being able to dunk like no other, and he's super athletic, but the guy can shoot. The guy's been able to shoot lights out. He, he's he's just a, almost the complete player that the Timberwolves obviously have expected him to become. And what's interesting the most is like the, he's so young, but the confidence is already there. The swagger is already there yep. with Anthony Edwards. He got the dog with the Twitter page and Junior. Man, it's a whole thing, man. You can't help but be hype and root for a player like Anthony Edwards. And I'm hoping that it, the intensity stays there and the high-level play on offense and defense because he did a good job in moments where he had to guard John Morant, too. So, like, when I see that matchup, 
I get very excited when they're guarding each other. So that's one thing, one big thing that I'm looking forward to in their next contest. There we go. And the final thing, we'll talk about a ton of stuff for the playoffs, but just kind of in this one big thing segment, you wanted to mention Giannis. Uh, I I don't know if I could talk about that series right now. Still hurt. (laughs) Still hurting from the Bulls, just completely flubbing that one. And DeMar DeRozan going sick for 25. He said it's not going to happen again, Zach. He said it's not going to happen again. But we know the reputation DeMar has in the playoffs. Can't come through. Nikola Vucevic, that dude needs to just sit in a gym for hours and shoot three-point shots. Two for ten. Two for ten. Yeah, and I get the, you know, stretching him out. But I just feel like that's too many attempts for a guy like him. You got to apply some type of pressure from the the mid-game, mid-range game. I tell people all the time, Ben, the mid-range game is such a lost art only because come postseason, and people have to really understand this and pay attention to this, come postseason, like I said before, it gets tighter. Like defenses shrink the, it somehow shrink the court come postseason. And so you got to be able to get a basket on your own. So you got to be able to work that in between mid-range game. You know what I'm saying? We saw that from Chris Paul in that game one in that fourth quarter. I'm saying we know what D book's going to do with the mid range game. Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, I know a lot of folks get excited and, you know, say about the three pointers, but they also operate in that in between area as well, just to keep the defense honest. And so when you look into these matchups, man, listen, DeRozan, he is the mid range guy. He is one of them. Don't get me wrong. But Vucevic better take <laughs> a page out of his book. And start Crazy. working that high elbow area if they're going to be successful against that Giannis being Giannis Milwaukee Bucks team. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like, I'm okay with Vooch taking four or five three pointers. He's got to spread the floor, and, and that's kind of why Karnaschovas brought him in is to kind of be that eh, not a, not a stretch five all the time, but he can hit some threes if he wants. So he's just very inconsistent with it. So he needs to be able to hit that consistently, or at the very least, hit those mid range jumpers, get some space. It's the stats look. Decent, what he yeah, put up, double-double, a lot of rebounds, good for him. Efficiency, not there. And it doesn't help when Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are not playing at their best. So I'm, I'm a little worried. I think that was the game the Bulls needed to steal on the road to have any sort of chance to win that series. And now I think they're screwed. Now I, I think they're in trouble here, Zach. <laughs> I don't know if I really see a way because the Bucks weren't hitting their threes. The Bulls played about as good of a defense in that game as I have seen them play since the mm-hmm. start of the season. I don't know if they can continue that with consistency. I, I think this is the, the Bucks really, really didn't take them seriously. They came into game one. And I heard goals. you say that. I they heard you say them. that the other night, and, and I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> this wasn't the Death Star at 100%. This is the Bucks now know the Bulls are coming for their throats. and they're gonna. It's kind of like the big brother pushing away. It's like, all right, you, you had your chance. You had your shot. Get away. We're moving on to the second round. That's hilarious. I mean, Giannis, you know, say he played well. And like you said, the rest of the Bucks, they kind of struggled a little bit. And I give Bulls credit. I give the Bulls some credit, though. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, defensively, they held the Bucks to 93 points, right? You know, yep. so they held them to 40% shooting. They said, a night like that, you expect to win the game. You know what I mean? So offensively, the Chicago Bulls got to match that same defensive intensity their next go around against the Bucks. All right, let's do prison time. I'm really excited to do this prison time. Right to jail. Because uh, this is a guy who we have complained about all season long. And, and I was telling you last night, if you have a bet that has to rely and it comes down to Rudy Gobert <laughs> making his free throws, 
you're losing that bet. I'm sorry. You're just losing that bet because he's missing those free throws. And that's not even like the least of Rudy Gobert's concerns. Because what is, what is our prison time? Who are we throwing NBA prison today? Oh, we know. RG all the way. Rudy Gobert is getting thrown into that prison cell. That NBA prison <laughs> cell, he is in there like swimwear, folks. It is ridiculous. I'm talking like he doesn't have any offensive. Let's, let's just focus on offense. Before we get to what's supposed to be his bread and butter defensively and, and how he's a liability on that end come postseason, let's just focus on the offense for a second. There are clips out there, folks. You can go to Twitter. You can type in Rudy Gobert offense in your phone. And I promise you, there's going to be so many clips of him not having any ability to be effective on the offensive side of the ball. If he's not, if he's not catching an alley or something, or maybe, maybe a putback at the rim, because he really doesn't have soft hands around the rim, if we're quite being honest. But he doesn't have any post moves. He was struggling in that last outing. He was, he was. definitely struggling. And what's sad about it to me is that, like, bro, you're supposed to be this $200 million center, and you can't make any offensive post moves at all to take pressure off of Donovan Mitchell so he doesn't have to come down possession by possession by possession in a row and chuck up the most terrible shot you can think you can think of like his shot selection Donovan Mitchell is so bad but, but I understand why it's so bad being it's simply because no one else maybe outside of Jordan Clarkson and sometimes Bogdanovich can create their own shot or we can't trust to dump it down to Rudy Gobert for him to score down low. We can't. He doesn't have any offensive moves. Now, defensively, listen, I'll leave it. I'll sum it up straight like this. If you have five shooters on the floor, Rudy Gobert getting put in a blender. Simple. It's just that simple. He's going well, to he, put in a blender. Here, Here's the thing, too. And I, this isn't. I want to defend him just a little bit. I'm on the same side as you, but I want to defend him up to a point where the Jazz perimeter defense is terrible. Yeah, terrible. And, and you were t you just kind of mentioned that, like this perimeter defense is putting no pressure on the offense to to stay on the perimeter. All, all you got to do if you're playing the Jazz is just penetrate, get inside and kick it out because that's going to be the winning formula against Utah ten times out of ten. Rudy Gobert's kind of been stuck with getting these guys in the paint where the Donovan Mitchell, Bogdanovich. Whoever it is, Jordan Clarkson just kind of lets by because they're a sieve. It just goes right through them. And Rudy Gobert's there like, guys, I'm not getting any help on the perimeter to keep these guys out of the lane. So to that extent, I understand. But he also is just a frustrating defensive player. He doesn't want to leave the paint. He's slow on closeouts on the outside. I mean, there's a lot of issues with him that people either overlook or don't see that often. Um, and it makes sense why he wasn't defensive player of the year. He didn't earn defensive player of the year this year. Marcus Smart was a lot better. Mikel Bridges was a lot better. Jason Tatum was a lot better. Hell, Giannis was a lot better Definitely than Gobert. So he's not defensive player of the year. He can be a good defender in spurts, and his size makes teams think twice about going inside the paint sometimes. But that Jazz defense is horrendous because of their perimeter defense which is non-existent it's bad it really well, is well i mean off penetration i can understand it okay but his biggest issue is like you said closing out on the perimeter oh. when you have other guys who can shoot the ball we saw what max Kleber was able to do at 25 points yeah eight threes and why because he was able to stretch the floor and get wide open and then when they started to key in on him a little bit 
what do they do? They started spreading the ball around, around the perimeter and to the point where all you have to do is just find what angle is Rudy Gobert at. Because if he's on the right block, we're going to kick it to the right side. We're going to kick it to the right baseline. And he's not going to get there in time for this three that, we gonna, that we're going to hit. And that's exactly what was transpiring all fourth quarter. And they were just, the uh, Dallas Mavericks were just working. The Utah Jazz, man, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe the defensive player of the year, you know, the award winner that he's won in the past, really <laughs> out here being a defensive liability. It was really blowing my mind. Not really. And the, and the thing is, too, once uh, Luca comes back and our guy Shams reported that Luca probable for game three and game four, looks like more and more that he's going to be able to play in those games. Uh, we may be waving bye bye to the Jazz after the first round. Give a little wave. Maybe Quinn Snyder leaves at some point. I, I don't know. But the Jazz are in trouble if Luka comes back. I, I don't see them. Because even when they have a lead, I was telling you, we were sitting right next to each other watching this game. Jazz up. I go, I'm going to bet the Mavs. I'm going to bet the Mavs, <laughs> bet the Mavs third quarter. And then the, and then the fourth quarter happens. They give up that lead. And I said, I should have bet the Mavs the full game. Because what do the Jazz love to do? They love oh. to give up leads. Love it. It's their favorite activity in the world. But my biggest thing too, Ben, though, like you know, so before we move on, is that we we should have known the Dallas Mavericks were going to win that game, no matter how they win. Well, people say, well, who would have thought Jalen Brunson would have scored forty one points or twenty two threes by the Dallas Mavericks team? There's always one. There's always that one game in the playoffs, whether it's a shooting clinic, whether it's a defensive styling game like no matter what it is a team always gets that one game where it's different where it's abnormal in the playoffs you know what i mean so like hey you gotta chug it anywhere at the crib it's like bro you can't go back to utah down oh two like you gotta win at least one game at home even if you don't have luka Doncic. yep you absolutely do all right let's do a dunker deny uh some things that we like that we're riding with and some things that we don't kind of like buy or sell in a way just we thought it'd be a better way to name it than buy or sell, because buy or sell is pretty boring. Um, I am going to dunk with the Phoenix Suns, Zach, because they're winning it all. Phoenix Suns are going to win the NBA championship. <laughs> I'm going to say it right here. I'm going to say it right now. If they lose and don't win, I am still going to stand by this, because the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Mm. They have two of probably top 25 players in the NBA currently right now. And if Chris Paul stays healthy, and I know that's a big if, but if Chris Paul stays healthy throughout the playoffs – they're going to beat the Bucs in the NBA Finals uh, probably by six games. Ooh, you say, ooh, you say Phoenix and six in the NBA Finals? Okay, I yeah. like the energy. You know what? You know what I mean? I, Golden State might be pulling out this death lineup that may be that may be kind of scary. I don't buy it. I don't really buy it yet either. I don't buy it yet either, but I also don't like the fact that Steph coming off the bench. I feel like that's cheating, <laughs> but that's, that's neither, scary time. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a scary. scary hours for sure. But, and that's neither here or there, but they play with a ton of confidence, Phoenix Suns. Like you said, Mikael Bridges, defensive player of the year candidate off the top. You know, so he didn't win the award and we'll get to that, but he's definitely defensive stout for that Phoenix Suns team. D Book's going to score that basketball. Chris Paul's going to hold it, going to hold everybody up accountable and hold everybody together through the midst of all the chaos. If it gets tight, if it gets ugly, then you got the boy DeAndre Aiden got to bang down low. And then you know what's interesting that we never talked about? And I saw this being. Guess who is a six-man of the year candidate? He's probably not going to win the award because it's probably going to go to Tyler Hero. But the Phoenix Suns also had a six-man of the year candidate. You know who that was? Who was it? It was Cam Johnson. 
And I couldn't yeah. believe it. So that would that just goes to show you that they can go a little deeper than the opposing teams. You know what I mean? You know, they got the campaign, the dancing left-handed wizard himself coming off the bench, you know, backing up CP3. You know what I mean? JaVale McGee, the vet. But they got some pieces. They can definitely go all the way. I really don't see nobody stopping them. But you never know. Things can change. Things could change. You know, CP3 could get injured. I hope not. But yeah. it's happened before. Devin Booker can hit a slump. You know, anything can happen with the Suns team. But I think they are just so well-rounded. They have so many good pieces. And they have a great coach in Monty Williams that I think this is their this is their year. I, I think they probably beat the beat the Bucks in the finals with a healthy Chris Paul. Mm, you think so? I think so. I really do. I don't know. Maybe it'll be like some revenge. Maybe it'll be on some revenge type of time. But I'm not sure. But let me tell you who I'm ducking with, though. Let me tell yes. you. Please do. So I'm dug it on two players. I'm dug it on my man's, with my boy Cam Mass, Jalen Brunson. He's going to get paid. And I cannot wait. I saw the Indiana Pacers reported that they're going to be interested. They better offer him the bag. And I think whatever bag gets offered, Mark Cuban has to match it. Because Luca's going to need Jalen Brunson. In the, for the near future, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to need more pieces around him. And so they have to retain Jalen Brunson. These playoff performances oh, yeah. he's given them, I know game one they lost, but that game two performance, if he can just keep this team, you know what I'm saying, afloat until Luka comes back, keep the games tight, just keep the Dallas Mavericks roster confident that they can win this series even without Luka until he returns, man, you got to open up the checkbook for Jalen yeah. Brunson. Yeah, it's going to be the money eyes, like in the cartoon. just comes out of his head because this guy's going to be making cash. I mean, you can't not go for 41 points in a playoff game and then not get paid. That's just what's going to happen. He's going to score a bunch. He's going to get paid because when Luka is out and Dallas needed someone to come in and kind of take his place in a way, at least take up the scoring, Brunson stepped up, and that's worth $20 million a year to someone like that. And then my other guy, Marcus Smart. Yeah, give a shout-out to him. Defensive Player of the Year, and I like how he received the award. Did you see how he received the yeah. award? GP, GP, baby, the glove, the defense, the last guard to win Defensive Player of the Year, ninety five, ninety six, and he presented him with the award. Listen, I was so happy to see that man, to see my boy GP, the glove, go out there to Boston, man, after the practice, and just you know, what I'm saying honor. The next guard to win that award, Marcus Smart, Boston Celtic guard, very own winning that award. Man, I'm proud, man, because it's a guard-driven league, and it's about time a guard received the Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, the man's on an island every single night, every night on an island guarding these guards, and it's about time that he actually got uh, some respect to his name because he's a really good defender, and he often hits his assist prop over. So I'll give him that prop as well. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> Shout-out to, to Marcus Smart. Uh, we're denying the same, sort of the same thing. Both has to do the Raptors. Yeah, definitely uh, has to do with the Six. Mm, a little disappointed. A little disappointed with the team up north, Drake's team. I don't know if Drake can talk to Nick Nurse, talk to the team, do something, <laughs> give him some life. Because I thought they were going to cover that seven and a half spread as an underdog. I thought they'd maybe give Philly a bit of a, a bit of a fight in game two, and they just couldn't even hang with Joel Embiid. They struggled to contain him shooting wise. I mean, their defense was terrible, terrible defense from a team that we're usually used to seeing mm -hmm. play pretty good defense. They could not stop Philly. And then it was the Fred Van Vliet show in the first quarter. 
and then he just falls apart <laughs> and can't hit a three after hitting four in the first. That was really weird. OG gets in foul trouble. Pascal is he's good. I, I can't yell at Pascal too much. Yeah. The guy needs to get in the weight room a little bit more. But other than that, I can't really yell at him. But the Raptors are kind of a mess. Kind of a mess right now. They can't they can't keep up with teams because their defense is just letting up too many points. And then the injuries, I'm saying we gotta throw that out there with them, Scotty Barnes, the the rookie of the year candidate, man, I'm, it's just a tough break to see that sprained ankle like that because he's a guy that can guard one through four positions. Um, I won't say the five because that's Joel Embiid and we do not need, no. we do not need that smoke. It's bad enough. They cannot <laughs> stop Joel Embiid. Like it's already bad. He was looking at Nick Nurse like, y'all can't stop me. And Nick Nurse told him, Oh, I know. <laughs> he <laughs> told him, Oh, I know. I know we can't. I saw the clip, but the reason why I'm denying the Toronto Raptors is because why did y'all try so hard in the first place? Like, why did y'all try so hard getting out of the plan, you know, throughout the whole month of March and April, climb out of the plan from the seventh spot, get all the way to the, what, the fifth spot ahead of the Chicago Bulls? That's what I'm really more upset about. They got ahead of the Chicago Bulls, a team that I felt like matched up better against the Philadelphia 76ers as opposed to the Toronto Raptors. I wish they would be playing the Milwaukee Bucks so they can go ahead and get swept and get that out the way as opposed to the Chicago Bulls playing the Bucks and it being a gentleman's sweep and the Bulls winning one game at best. But no, we got to sit here and we got to deal with the Raptors. Go ahead and probably get swept by the Philadelphia 76ers because they have no answer for Joel Embiid. I, yeah, I, I don't really understand why they did that either. I would have loved to see the matchup against like the Miami Heat. I think that's a team that they would have matched up really well against because the Heat's offense can come and go at points, and that's really what the Raptors need to attack their opponent. And they were 2-2 two and two against the Heat in the regular season. I mean, it was a team that they could keep up with. So that was, that was kind of weird. We're kind of robbed of that series. I think that would have been a little bit more fun. But they definitely, they worked hard for a seed against a team that they are going to get demolished by. Joel Embiid <laughs> is going to kill them every single night, and they're, uh, there won't be anything they can do about it. That's why we're both denying Toronto. <laughs> What's your game of the week? Ooh, we got to finish it off right. So listen, All folks, right. last week I tried to tell everyone, and I know I was doing bad. I was doing bad. I know. But I tried to tell everyone last week to bet the Hawks. Bet the Hawks both games. I'm saying to play in, bet them both. They're going to win both games. Don't worry. And what they go out there and do, they won. But the money line play of the week last week was Hawks over the Hornets. And I tried to get even my fellow coworkers to jump on that board. They did not listen to me. That's very frustrating sometimes, folks. But that's okay. I still love my man's cam. It's all right. I really do. But Call you know him out on the pod. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But look, though, this week, folks, listen. It ain't no parlay, but that's how I'm feeling, though. We just going to go ahead and throw these on right here. Wow. And let's check me out. Game three, money line, Western Conference, first round, being Minnesota Timberwolves at home. Game three, after maybe losing in game two to the Memphis Grizzlies, they are going to come out at the Target Center and let it happen. The Timberwolves are going to win game three. And I hope the series goes seven, but they're going to win game three over the Memphis Grizzlies. Dazzle Russell will shoot better at home. Anthony Edwards is going to have a ton of confidence. The role players are going to be nice and well-rested and ready to go to be shooting in front of that home crowd. Malik Beasley is going to be that sixth man that they need. And the Timberwolves.
go out there at the Target Center, at the crib, and win at home over the Memphis Grizzlies, and you can take it to the bank. Look at that. You got a parlay play of shades on. You can't lose now because he put yeah. the shades on. That's right. a good luck charm. You're right. You got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Listen, Grizzlies, y'all, they got to lose a game three. They got to lose it. You know what I'm saying? Wolves all the way. We going wolves all the way. We got to do a little ow. 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 <laughs> I knew that and, was coming. And that's going to conclude this edition of Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium. Stadium's number one NBA podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Points Paint on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're releasing a full episode on YouTube, so you don't want to miss that. Start watching those. Let's get those views up so we can feed the streets. Start getting some sponsors here and there, you know. So, you know, go ahead and watch those YouTube clips and YouTube videos of me and my main man, Ben Wittenstein. And speaking of my main man, Ben Wittenstein, you know he joined Nate Jacobson, and you know they do the betting tips. Oh, uh, you know what you know what it's called, y'all folks. Sharp lessons, right? Sharp lessons. You know how they drop the betting tips every single week, so you cannot miss their opportunity to win you some money. And tape don't lie with Michael Felder, where my man's talk all things football. Y'all know the NFL draft is right around the corner, so you don't want to miss that. And all the playoff action, you got to go to catch inside the association with my boy Cam Smith running the three man weave, hee <laughs> hee, with Shams and Pat Garrity. They dropping every week, and you will hear from us, Zach and Ben. Ben and Zach, next week.